0: I see new-
1: And welcome to Tears, Tides, and
2: Transformation, a podcast about healing. I am Bridget Flaherty. And I am Kiana Daniels. And we are here today with you all to introduce our next guest, Niajia Simon, who is affectionately known as Nye. She is a friend of mine. She is a sister and just an all-around phenomenal person. <laughs> My name's Nyasia, but everyone calls me Nye
3: which I like not. <laughs> it's easier, saves you a breath. I came to Ohio in 2017 for a job. And then one day I just had this crazy thought that I could be my own boss. And so I resigned effectively immediately, launched my firm two and a half months afterwards. And then from there, it's just been history. PR is my thing. I love building brands. I love people. I love seeing people smile I'm the oldest of nine children, so I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, but most importantly, I'm human. I've come to recognize that we always say that nobody's perfect, but realizing that I'm not perfect, there's a beauty in that recognition. However, I still am that PR girl, but now my love for people and my love for service just looks and feels different.
2: That just makes me think about evolution the power of evolution and transformation and growth and a lot can happen in a year a lot has happened in a year. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna tell us more about it and so we're excited to hear what has happened in that last year that has gotten you to who you are today and so my first question for you sis is what is healing to you you know what's so interesting last night when I was
3: in the shower I was like, I wonder what the questions will be tomorrow. And so I had this thought process is, what is healing? Now, like, what does that look like and feel like to you? And so I think there's so many different definitions of healing. But for me, healing's just releasing, releasing those things that no longer serve you purpose. And this trend that we have now, it's become a trend to say, release those things that no longer serve us. But what if we don't know what longer serves us? Because at some point in our life, it was serving us. That service still looks beneficial, even if it hurts, because it's filling a void. So, healing for me, I don't really have a definition because I'm still figuring out every day. Because, you know, healing to me on Monday looks like crying. But then on Tuesday, it looks like praying. Then on Wednesday, it looks like dancing. And then Thursday, I don't even know what it looks like. But then on Friday, I'm like, oh, I can scream in my pillow. I can text my girls and we have this like agree to disagree accountability conversation. And then I'm okay. So I honestly don't know what that definition looks like, but the feeling of it just feels like a burden has been lifted up.
2: That's actually a very interesting, I think, outlook on the healing journey. And then just like the answer alone, I think it's a beautiful answer because. Even when I reflect on my own journey of healing, I always say, like, it's kind of indescribable, yet you can kind of try your best to give it words because it's something that you cannot control. Absolutely. And it's like you can't control it and you can't describe it. So you just have to let it be. Surrender. That's what it is. Going with it, right? Because, like, I think my experience has been like when you fight against whatever is going to happen in a particular day on this healing journey. It's much more difficult. I want to operate at ease and grace. So it's just like, yeah, this feels really uncomfortable. And I don't know what this is, what this new feeling is, or I've never experienced this. Not an expert in this, but it's here to teach me a lesson. Right. And even when you're uncomfortable,
3: you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's the healing. So it goes back to like, so what does that feel like? It just feels what it feels like.
2: A lot of people... I think as human beings, we want understanding and we want to put words to things all the time.
3: For me as a publicist, because I'm always in control of my life, my clients' lives, my parents' lives, my sisters, brothers. So not to have control over something that I thought I could have control over. It was hard for me because it's like, oh, this isn't a press release or a media alert or a social media campaign. This is your heart. And you can't go in and pit it together at all right
2: because we don't have the tools <laughs> yeah and even if we did I'm not cutting myself
3: <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they said what's the one thing that I never want to lose again and I said peace peace and joy because happiness is temporary so and I think a lot of people strive to be happy which is completely that's fine but that joy and that peace and it's like not just any type of peace but peace that surpasses all understanding. That's where I'm at.
2: I met Nye, Hmm. let's see, about, I think I met her in 2019, and I met her at an event that I was doing called the Gym City Entrepreneur Resource Fair. And Nye came up to me and was just like, I love what you're doing and really want to get connected. I do PR for the job that she had at the time, and I would love to help you with like spreading your message on these events and things like that. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, We introduced and exchanged information. I really didn't think that I was going to gain a friend and to be more frank, a sister friend in that first initial meeting. But I am so grateful that we did evolve into a friendship and a sisterhood that is very close where we have shared very vulnerably. And that has been the foundation, I think, of our relationship just to get us to where we are today. And so she shared her story with us on some very vulnerable and um, life-changing situations that happened with her. And it really is kind of like a lot all at one time. So she shared that, I guess it was 2019 at that time, too, that she had, for the very first time, fallen in love with a woman. She had also found out that she had a tumor and had to get brain surgery. Also, during that time, she had started her new PR business, Resigned from her job and started a new PR business. So there was a lot there. And then she was battling situational depression. So much was happening with Nye all at the same time. It is okay to not be okay. It's very okay to not be okay. And that's one of the things that I always am so
3: happy about. Because sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, I don't want to have meetings today. That is okay. Yes, it is. I don't want to be bothered. That is really Amazing. <laughs>
2: Don't. Okay. That's okay. It can even not even be considered not okay, but like, no, self-preservation. I'm saying no today, and that is my final answer, Alex. And there's power in no.
3: Is not this negative thing. It is okay to say no.
2: Hey, I'm still on that struggle bus a little bit. I like tangibly have to slap my hands down because my nature or my old version self, what served me well in previous seasons, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then I'm like, girl, no, you can't tell them no. Right. And then you have to find your boundaries, too. Thank you, God. Because
3: the other day I had an experience to where I had a lunch meeting and I was hesitant on going to the space because I know certain people go there. And where I'm at in my healing and just being honest, I'm not ready to be around certain people because they're a trigger for me. And so a boundary for me is don't go there. And that is OK. And some people might say, oh, it's childish, you just got to grow up, boss up. No, I have to respect what my body is telling me and respect the healing. It's not a race. Yeah, the marathon continues, but this isn't a contest. And people have to realize healing looks different for everybody. Some people can get through it in three months, some people in six. It may take longer for some people, but you just have to know that It's an ongoing process, and if you keep doing the work, you'll see the results. It's exciting because I think that we live in this time to where people want to talk about it, but nobody wants to initiate the conversation. We talk about community. We talk about healing. But who is going to, again, provide the space and initiate the conversation? And again, I'm just so grateful for you and Bridget because no one else is doing it. Or if they're doing it, they're doing it for the benefit of them. And I'm a firm believer that we have to heal for ourselves, but we're also healing for other people.
2: Because if he can do it, I can do it. And we have to share, right? Because we always say sharing is healing. Sharing is caring. In the PR world,
3: we say storytelling is a form of medicine. And so... It's slightly uncomfortable because who wants to talk about sexual identity? Who wants to talk about killing themselves? Who wants to talk about depression? That shit is not fun because it's like a record. It's like, oh, it's playing. It's spinning. But again, like, I'm a firm believer that we're all put on earth to serve people. And it would just be insensitive for me not to walk in my truth and tell my truth to save somebody else's life. Because even if it's just one person, somebody knows or has been through what I've been through or what you've been through or what Bridget has been through.
2: Being able to save somebody's life or help them navigate a situation, it costs nothing. And it's just one of the things that we have to do is like put our pride to the side, let our egos go. There it is, pride and ego. And be vulnerable and I think J. Cole just said pride is the devil. It can be. Yes, it can. It definitely can be because, man, you know, it keeps us like it's like I it's, I have been in situations in the past where I'm like, I want to share so bad, but they're not sharing. And I want to share. And so I'm not going to share because what if they don't share? Now I'm going to be out here exposed. And it's just like, you know what? I had to overcome that because God done put me in about three situations where I know I wanted to share things that were going on in me uh, that I was suffering in silence about. And I would feel sad. Even though consciously I wasn't sad, in my whole body and being, it would be like, man, I'm feeling sad. I'm having something feels like it's come over me. And now I have no control. He will like just let it all pour out in the most public situations with people that you still building trust with. But at the same time, it's a very necessary situation. I needed to let go in in one situation that I was able to like share with who was there. That strengthened our relationship and built our friendship. We were two months in of being friends. (laughs) And then it was just like, the response was so amazing, the support, right? And I needed to see that because like you, I've always been a strong person as well. And that was an opportunity for me to not be, to allow somebody else. I wouldn't have did it on my own. It's really the lesson here. I wouldn't have did it on my own, but God made me do it. If we don't do it, he will put
3: us in a position to where we have to do it. And it's like, okay, I need one more day. God and he like, no, now is the time. And it's crazy because <laughs> we don't be wanting to do it. And God will really like bring it to us like face to face. Like, and you were saying.
2: We also talked about how her and I are both believers, how God did not solely create us for ourselves, but also for other people and to share our testimonies and our stories because it can save other people's lives. And so we tap into our greater purpose when we find the strength to persevere through that.
3: Around
2: Halloween
3: of last year, at the time I was five months post-brain surgery, my first brain surgery. And then also I was five months from ending my first, for the lack of terms, lesbian relationship. And so with that relationship coming to a halt and me processing having my first brain surgery surgery, and also in the midst of I'm an entrepreneur in a pandemic I was just really angry and I remember this day like it was yesterday I had a dream that I was committing suicide and I remember it so clear I was wearing some black shorts I was wearing my friend Dave's laureate the ted shirt and in my dream it was like I woke up got out of my bed and I went cuz at the time I was taking 11 different pills and I just remember getting the pills, send them on my dresser, and just pouring them, and then I just started taking them. I remember getting in the bed, laying down, and it was so clear. I was laying in the middle of my bed. I crossed my legs, and I just laid there, and from, like, the bottom of my feet, everything started to get really tight and warm, and I just remember this warm and tightness feeling getting to the middle of my chest, and I was like, no, no, no. And it kind of felt like I was having an outer body experience because I was telling myself, now get up, now get up. And it was like I woke up and I was in the same clothes and I remember swinging my legs and I was on the left side of my bed and I looked over and at my TV stand there were all the pills. And I looked down, I was wearing a shirt. So I'm like, am I really about to do this? And so I just remember walking to My dresser and look in the mirror. I started crying. I called my bishop and I said, "Hey, if I don't come talk to you right now, I'm not gonna make it throughout the day." And I went and saw him, and he just told me, "Like, what's your choice? Do you want to
2: die or do you want to live?" And I said, "I want to live." And he said, "So you'll be fine." When she started to get into her story, her very personal and vulnerable story, she's my friend, and I didn't know the details of. I never heard this story actually, so. It makes me emotional because, you know, to know that somebody you care about is going through. She needed to share when she was ready to share. It is so powerful
1: that she chose to make that phone call. The despair in those moments can feel like there is no other option, that it would be easier to check out. I think, in general, a lot of people believe that. There's weakness in reaching out and asking for help. But the truth is, it requires strength. It requires enormous strength to make that phone call, to raise your hand and say, I need help. I'm not okay. It's brave. And I'm so glad that she chose that
2: phone call. Bridget, you know, as her friend in hearing that story, it was hard. Just to hear your story, it's just hard to hear when you have loved ones who feel like that is the answer. But at the same time, them finding the strength to reach out and say, hey, like, I'm here and I need help and I need you to help save me. There's so much bravery in that. All of those things came crashing down on her. She was angry because she's thinking, like, why me? And so him then asking her that question also was, I think, the wake-up call that she needed because she said, no, I really want to live. I need to deal with this pain, and I need to deal with my anger and my feelings about all of these things that are happening. And so then that threw her into her healing process.
3: Shortly after that, I went to therapy, and I just was like, I'm really fucked up. I don't know how to process this heartache. I don't know how to process having surgery. And I'm just really angry because at the time I was 30, for 30 years, I've been this Nylivia Pope, this strong friend, the strong daughter, the strong sister. But in this moment, I don't even know what the hell is going on. I don't know who I am, how I'm feeling. I don't know who to really turn to because there's not so many people who can understand a same-sex relationship, yet alone fall in love with a woman, yet alone battling your faith and your identity. Then as an entrepreneur on the right side, there's not a lot of people who understand owning their own business. There's not a lot of people who understand managing seven or eight people and having them on payroll. And then there's this back end. Not a lot of people know what it feels like to have a tumor, have brain surgery, and this wasn't like a root canal or a sling in my arm. This is my brain. So how do I process all of this but then still be this happy person that I've portrayed to be this strong go-getter, fixer for 30 years. And so I just really was like, I'm not going to pretend anymore. And outside of going to therapy, I reached out to a mentor who does holistic healing. And I said, I have to do something because I'm not going to make it. And I'm just really grateful that I had the courage to reach out for help. Because for so long, I was always the one people reached out to. I was this alpha independent person. I'll figure it out, but I didn't know how to figure this out. And not only was that hard for me, but that broke me too, because I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't a press release or a campaign. I can't damage control, heartache, tumor, firm, family, family how do I do this? And I just refused to take myself out the game with suicide because I feel like that would have been, I thought about my mom. Like, yes, I'm blessed with a lot of great people, but my mom, I just couldn't have put that on my mom. And that was my thought.
1: Like, I just couldn't have put that on my mom. I just want to share that if there's anyone who is in that place, the place where you feel like there is no other option, I assure you that there is so much to live for. And whether it's embarrassment or anger or a loss of identity or a loss of a loved one, whether it is grief or physical pain or whatever it is, it can be overcome. There is light at the end of the tunnel. When I was at that point, I felt like there was no opportunity that I was trapped in a life I didn't want, that nothing could change. And that was a lie. It was a lie that closed my mind to the possibilities that existed. Now, was it easy to get from there to here? No, it was not easy. It was a lot of work, but it is possible. It requires change and growth and acceptance and grace and all of the things that we talk about. And it is beautiful at the same time. I just hope that if you're listening and you're wondering what to do, make the call. Your voice, your story, your existence
2: matters, and we want you here. The strongest thing that we can do is to ask for help. It is very necessary for us to ask for help and to not think that people are too busy, not to think that people won't care. A part of the healing journey is reaching out and sharing and being honest about where we are and we have to be able to build community so that we have the support that we need while we're going through it because we do talk about all the positives of healing but it's not easy it's just not easy but there's so much strength in asking for help and letting people know that you are not okay. There's some people that know this, but I have my own life shattering experience at a young age where it caused me to have a brief moment, suicide contemplation. It was brief. I can say that for whatever reason, I was able to kind of self check. But nonetheless, it crossed my mind because I have been suffering in silence Was trying to be perfect. I felt like I couldn't tell anybody anything that was going on with me. I actually didn't have the practice of allowing people to help me. So I really didn't know what I was doing. And I think a lot of times that's probably the feeling that most people have when suicide is a thought. We're suffering in silence and we feel like no one can help or we feel this shame. And a lot of times we're putting it on ourselves.
3: I've never really talked to people about that dream. I kept the shirt and I kept the shorts, but I haven't put them back on. And I kept them as a remembrance of what life could have been and where I've come from. And some people might say like, oh, it was just a dream, but it was so real. Because right now I just remember the warmness and the tightness that was in my feet and coming up to my body. I was so warm and so tight. It just felt like I was being paralyzed, but it was working its way up. And it was like, as soon as it got to my chest, I said no. And I just knew at that moment, I just had to face everything. Was I ready for it? No. But I just knew that there was so much more than me wanting to take myself out the game. I was like, you know what? I'll do the work. From October till like mid-December, after that situation happened and I was in therapy, I went to California because I just needed to get out of this city of Dayton because I was just like, oh, my God, if I go somewhere, someone's going to see me, they're going to bring up that. Or I don't want people to see me and I don't feel 100 percent. And they ask me about my business and I'm at 40 percent. And so I look like I'm failing in my business. And it's like all these thoughts of what people would think or say was killing me because it's like, oh, you have to be strong. You have to take pictures and post them. You have to do this because this is what you've done. And I'm like, but wait, I don't want to do that anymore. And it's like, you do want to do this. No, I don't. So I battle with myself for a while because it's like, you're Niasia. You own the firm. You have the celebrity friends. Be that girl. Boss up. And it's like, yeah, I have celebrity friends. (laughs) I have a firm, but this isn't my season to boss up. This is my season to heal.
2: Okay, come on, seasons. Because
3: there's seasons. Seasons. Not only for the weather, but for our lives. For our lives. And people don't realize that because May may look amazing, but honey, June may look different
2: for you because it's a different season. The past pushes us into our future, right? Like being able to honor our past and what is happening now, honor it, acknowledge it, accept it as truth so that we can go into what's next for us, this next season, that foundation being of who we thought we were, right? We're like, no, that's not us anymore. So now we have to figure out who are we in this next season? And she said there was so much power in that, being able to acknowledge and honor who we used to be and who we are and who we're becoming made me think about Michelle Obama's book, right, Becoming and the documentary that's on Netflix, which is so amazing because this transition of life, the ups and downs, the pitfalls, the pivots, the things that we tell ourselves that we believe to be true. And then we're like, oh, but that's shattered. And now we believe something completely different. That journey of becoming is such, it's very, I think, symbolic or similar to the healing journey, right? I think we, in the healing journey, we are becoming who we were created to be. And so, just her being able to accept and acknowledge those things really helped her for the journey that she was about to embark on with healing. And she talked about how it can really be so much to take in, but is also very necessary in being able to accept and make peace with the constant state of change. And I think that we talk about it kind of pretty often. I don't think we ever put those words to it, but the healing journey is absolutely a constant state of change. And we have to just kind of be and go with the flow. And so that's really helped her with her process.
1: It's almost cliche to say to live in the now, to be here present and what is going on in this moment and to experience what it is. But that really is the journey. That is the becoming. We aren't who we were yesterday and we're not who we're going to be tomorrow. We are who we are right now. And yes, what has come before has created this version of us. Our experiences, what we have been through, has prepared us for this moment, and this moment is preparing us for tomorrow. The only thing we have is this right now, this one moment. Everything else is yet to be or a memory, and there's comfort in that. There's comfort in this, yes, all of those things have brought me to here, and I am hopeful and moving forward, and this right here is beautiful
2: because it is. that mindset is what really strengthened her to surrender to the process of healing and to like really truly be present in that and to seek out all the tools and resources that she needed that would help her. And so when she sought out therapy, she also sought out holistic healing. So kind of not just traditional therapy and counseling. And she also found art therapy. My healing journey has led me to a completely different career
3: path. Because as a publicist, I build brands for a living. That's always been my thing. I love helping people tell their story. I love pitting people on the forefront. I love getting people just the spotlight. It's always been my passion, helping people, serving people. But when I realized after going to therapy and when I was diagnosed with situational depression, it made me realize like, oh shit, like this is real. But also I realized that it wasn't just me. All my friends were going through something. And it may have not been situational depression, but it was a form of anxiety. They were stressed. And interesting, we all had this thought process of not that we couldn't talk to each other, but we were hesitant because we didn't want to feel weak. And for me, it made me feel so good because it's like I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who has a hard time processing A, B, C, or D. And so I was exposed to color therapy, which is using the color wheel or different colors to express yourself and using them to alleviate different areas that I struggled with. But then on the holistic side, being exposed and learning about our chakras and spiritual healing, knowing that there was different forms of science that could help me with the healing. And so this year I went to a selfie museum And that museum had triggered different emotions in me because the different colors did something different. Typically, when I see blue, I don't see it as the color blue. I'm like, okay, I'm calm. I am not stressed. That's my stress color. When I see red, I am safe. I am grounded. I am protected. My favorite, yellow. I have peace. I just thought, oh, my God, if color therapy worked for me, it could work for other people. And so I prayed on it and God just put on my heart, Gym City Selfie Museum. And it was so crazy because I heard it so clear. I'm like, maybe I'm going crazy. (laughs) It oftentimes does feel like that. It does. And it was so (laughs) loud and clear. And I had asked friends, like, what do you guys think about this, this, this and this? But in my heart, I'm like, God, like, I hear you. And so now healing has pushed me not only to dig deeper in my healing, but to be an advocate for mental health. Because I am someone who knows what it feels like to want to kill yourself. I know what it feels like to have massive anxiety. I know what it feels like to be depressed. I know what it feels like to have your heart broken. I know what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. However, let's not make healing this awkward conversation. We can have fun with it. And that looks like taking selfies. And people think that selfies is this narcissistic or vain thing, but it's really self-reflection. And if you can take a picture in front of a green wall or a yellow wall and all these colors represent different things and you feel good and we give you tools and resources to continue the healing, but it's fun. I think when things are fun, people are more drawn to it. We can break that stigma of what mental health looks like and what healing looks like. Because for me, being the oldest of all my siblings and being raised in a church, we didn't talk about healing. We talked about praying. Now don't get me wrong, praying is amazing. I'll hit my knees in a second, but it's deeper than that.
2: So tell us more about how people can get connected to this amazing resource that is coming very soon. Well, of course they can always go on our website
3: and subscribe to our newsletter because we send out monthly newsletters. And in that newsletter we provide information on color therapy. We'll include information on when our actual grand opening is. And then we're working with the Adamus board and other local nonprofits and other therapists to where we're promoting their services. Because don't get me wrong, the selfies are fun, but it's really about the healing. It's really about exposing people to color therapy and phototherapy. Because a lot of times people think that therapy looks like, oh, I have to sit and talk to this person for 45 minutes. That's not true. We are breaking that stigma. We're breaking the idea that healing can't be fun because it is.
2: It can be fun. It definitely can be fun. After we have done some of the hard stuff. After and you go a little deeper,
3: <laughs> you just got to go deep. Go deep. And it's OK because at the museum, we'll have resources and you'll have support for that. Because that's the biggest thing for me. When I realized that after that dream, I realized I can't do this alone and. I think a lot of people think that we have to do it alone. You got to be this strong Black woman. Don't let them see you sweat, sis. You got this. I don't.
2: I need help. Don't get me wrong. It takes a village. Really kind of an intricate detailing of her process, of some of the things and tools and tips that she's used to help her get to where she is. And now she's starting the Gym City Selfie Museum, where because of art therapy and her process of healing herself, taking selfies to, like, realize her beauty and to, like, really be able to affirm herself and not needing external validation, she saw what it did for her. And then God gave her the vision to create this museum, to be able to create this safe space for other people who also are battling depression or anxiety or any type of mental illness to experience with art therapy and taking selfies to validate self to love self can do for other people. And I think it's so amazing just her story of where she was to where she is. And the only reason she is where she is today is because of that traumatic experience, those traumatic experiences. And a lot of people don't understand that there are things, hardships and challenges that are going to happen that we have no control over, but we have a choice to see them as a lesson that is preparing us for something else That's well beyond us and bigger than us that is going to impact other people, kind of like our own journeys, right, in our healing and trauma that has brought us to this podcast, right, to be able to create these safe spaces and to normalize mental health and wellness.
1: I really love the color therapy piece of the story. There are common traditional ways of healing, and I love these alternative personalized ways that we can enjoy life. Recognizing that blue makes you feel calm. And so, putting on a blue outfit before you go into a meeting, looking at yourself in the mirror, absorbing the color, really getting into the feeling that it creates for you is really a powerful tool. And so, I'm so grateful that Nai shared that with us and how color can really have an impact on the quality of our lives. I also want to touch on the selfie. As a woman who's a little bit older than you and I. But look great. There's this thing that happens as you get older. You look in the mirror and sometimes what you see in the mirror is not the same as what you expect to see. Because my mental image of who I am sometimes is beginning to look different than the picture that I see. But taking selfies... And immortalizing the image that I am in this moment, but also being able to go back and see the image of who I was a year ago or two years ago, and to acknowledge that although I may have looked different 10 years ago, I feel good today. And there's something about selfies in immortalizing that one moment that later, and even like going backwards We can use them to remember, but also to conjure the the emotion of the moment. There's something beautiful about it. And so I really love what she's creating, bringing together the selfie, the acknowledging self, acknowledging the beauty of self, and color therapy to create an emotion in the moment that can be immortalized in picture. I love it. I love it,
2: too. I think it's such a beautiful result to what was a difficult journey, right, for her and what became a beautiful journey and how she turned it into something that is going to be so impactful.
1: The healing journey is not something we should be doing alone. This is something to reach out to others to get support in. We as human beings were not designed to live on an island as an individual, that we are meant to live in community. And this process of learning ourselves and working through grief absolutely requires community.
2: One of the things we kind of came to is that, in essence, the best way to kind of describe healing is that it is a beautiful, exhaustive, complex, ongoing exercise. (laughs) Like working out, you love it, but you hate it. But once you get into it and you begin to create that habit of doing it, it becomes easier and you begin to see the rewards and now you love doing it. It really is a love-hate relationship because you're like, man, this shit again? I had to do this today again? I thought we were over that. But then it's just like, no, there's more. You got to go deeper.
1: In general, we all want a quick fix, right? We want to win a million dollars. We want to know how to do something perfectly right now. We want all of it right now. And the truth is normally not how it works. I realize some people might win the lottery. You might have a million dollars. But in general, that's not how it works. It's a movement towards, right? Just like working out, just like learning a new skill, just like saving, it is a daily habit and healing is the same. And at the beginning, changing habit, whether it's healing or it's exercise or it's saving, it requires effort at the beginning that feels very difficult. But as we continue to do it and it becomes part of our habit, we look forward to it. And so, yeah, I mean, that just I totally resonate with that. That makes so much sense. I know that for me personally, if I miss out on the routines of even something like making my bed, meditation, exercise, if I miss those things, I feel it. Where at the beginning, it was a struggle. I was a struggle bus to do that every single
2: day. And now if I don't do it, I miss it. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, routine is also very necessary and meaningful when you're healing. Like routines are good to unlearn bad habits and to create new good habits. You have to like create a routine and practice and you have to do it. There are things that we need in place to help us to better manage ourselves. Right. And so that's a lot of like what Nye talked about for her. And so we're going to keep talking about like what are the things that she needed to do But we actually we kind of laid the foundation for a little bit of a lengthy time just so that when she really shared her story, it was just like, these are the things that I had to do for me. These are the things that I had to acknowledge and accept for me in order to be fully present in my healing journey. And another thing that she said was healing is being uncomfortable with being comfortable. And that was something that we've talked about before. And then there were a few final thoughts, tips, advice that Nye left us with. It's okay
3: to not be okay. It really is. And that was the hardest thing for me, realizing it was okay that I was feeling all these ways. And it leads me to my next one. You're not alone. Suffering in silence is a thing. More people than we realize or they want to admit, they walk around and they're holding so much shit. It's
2: like bag lady. <laughs> You're going to hurt your back. Carrying all them bags like that. Honey, Okay, carrying bags. Y'all go listen to Erica Badu. Yes, because now her song makes so much sense. So much sense. Because at first I'm like, what is she talking about? Right, first it was just vibing. Then it's just like, uh. Uh, She talking, that's me. I don't want to be bag lady. Listen,
3: and I was the bag lady realizing it's okay to be okay that I'm not alone, but then also that I could do it. And not comparing my healing. Because I have a great circle of girlfriends and I'm like, man, she got over that fast. Man, they're cool already? And I'm like, That's for them. Your healing looks completely different. And when you realize those things, the healing process will begin. And then surrendering. You are not in control. You can control certain things, but some things you aren't in control of, and that is okay. And I think the biggest thing is just, regardless of what anybody says, it's your truth. And just do it. I promise you. If it's the phone call or text message, just do it. Because once
2: you start it, the process is so rewarding. Reach out, find the strength and reach out because it could very well save your life. And we are so surprised when we reach out for help and we see how present and open people are to supporting us through the journey. And so her story is so beautiful. And I really do hope that it touches somebody and encourages and empowers them to stay the course and to just kind of like find the strength within them somewhere to reach out, ask for help if they are going through something that has them contemplating suicide and to then also be encouraged from her story to know that you can turn something that was negative, that was heartbreaking into something that is so beautiful and impactful to not only ourselves, but to other people. It was great. We are just so grateful for the amazing stories that these brave women are sharing with us. Every time that they sit down with us to discuss the hardships and challenges that they experience, but also the beauty in the healing journey and what it can really do for them and how it strengthens them.
1: And I want to give a shout out to the women who choose to share their stories with us. Thank you to each and every one of them. Thank you tonight, And Key, I want to thank you, too. These conversations are
2: emotional for both of us. I want to thank you for doing this with me. I want to thank you, Bridget, for doing this with me and for I just love our relationship. I don't think I knew I needed it, but I'm so grateful. I am, too. And for all
1: of you out there, we are grateful for you as well. Yes. This is Tears, Tides and Transformation, a podcast about healing. Stick with us. Thank you for being here. I
0: see new. I see new tides carry on through the years transform through the tears the audacity of you going through it all the audacity of you trusting self All along, I see new life, I see.